Hello everyone, we are live and streaming across YouTube, Facebook and LinkedIn and this morning I have a special guest with me and um, this gentleman is joining me with a very interesting story and background and the reason I have invited H.O. Chalmers with me um, is because he has, um, well, achieved some great things but I think his journey is probably one of the most interesting and I think with all uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, it, it's all very well looking at the end result, but we want to know the nitty gritty. So we're going to dive in and um, speak to HJ all about um, his award winning um, uh, books and bestsellers. Um, he is a self made employee millionaire which I always find interesting because in the world of property, and I have property business too, um, everyone always wants to know, how do you get started? And I think, you know, sharing that story really of, you know, how it all comes about, because taking that first step, there'll be people listening this morning who are thinking, oh my goodness, I would love to start a property portfolio. And the fact that they're in a job, um, which is what you've done too, um, and you got financial freedom by investing in properties all across Asia, Dubai, Europe. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now so people can get a flavour for where you are and then we can travel back in time and find out a little bit more about how you got there. Yeah, so uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure. Uh, I, I've been watching a couple of the podcasts you've been doing and they're awesome, really awesome. And I really feel privileged to be to be uh, your guest here today. So going back to your question, uh, so what am I doing now? I'm, I'm totally dedicated to three things. I am an active investor in, in rental properties, and that's my passion, as you can see from my books, and we can discuss later how, how, I, how I arrived there. I also have a coaching business, so I, I coach students uh, through my courses, through one-on-one -on -one or through group coachings about how uh, to make it from an employee or from a paycheck to paycheck, and I hold, you, I hold their hands so that I can walk them through a process so that they go, and go to the other side of the table and become full-time investors. Mm -hmm. And number three, what I've realized is uh, people with all of those, uh, those things sometimes tend to be uh, procrastinating or they, they need some push. So I launched a new business called Casabate, uh, which is a real estate crowdfunding platform. And in that, in, in this business model, I allow people or investors, wannabe investors, let's call them, to become passive investors. They don't need to have the headache of managing properties or doing this and that. We do everything for them. They just fund some properties, each one, according to how much they could, they could afford. So and we like do the whole thing. They, they can kind of take some money and dip into it without having the full responsibility of having to raise all the money to get a particular property. So exactly, this is popular. You know, now we're seeing so many uh, businesses, aren't we, with crowdfunding. And I think it is a popular option because it, it makes property investing available to people in all ages, all stages. And I think one of the fe fears or the reasons that people don't get involved in property is that first step, you know, look, you know, uh, people, some people are renting, some people have got their own houses, they've got other commitments. And, and to yeah. raise that amount of money for another property just seems a bridge too far. So exactly. tell us about your, your new book that's just launched on Amazon. Yeah, so recently I launched a book called A Millionaire Mindset and Success Habits. And, and the idea came out of my engagement with my students. As I mentioned earlier, I have this coaching business. And it always intrigued me or surprised me uh, that how much all of us, we were programmed. And I was also programmed. There's a kind of uh, society programming. The program is in a way to, to be, <clears throat> to always have fear, 
uh, to think nothing could be achieved, to think yeah, things are impossible and all that kind of stuff. And this makes us always kind of on the defensive. So I call it like, this is the villain inside of us. So we need to awaken the giant inside of us to fight this villain inside of us and to transform our mindset from a mindset of limiting beliefs to one of empowering beliefs. And, yeah. and, and, this, and this needs you know, some, some people to, follow, to wake up for it and to have a process for that. Mm. And in terms of, you know, growing up, et cetera, you know, did you just naturally fall into this? Is, is this something that you thought you're always going to be doing? Would it be something that people kind of within your family expected? What was your, what, your background and your upbringing like? Hell no. I actually, uh, so as <laughs> my background, so uh, I think actually I think this is the first time I mentioned it on a podcast or, uh, yeah, I think so. So uh, I come from Lebanon. So I was raised in a country that was affected by a civil war, you know? Uh, and it's like they used to be like the Berlin Wall. Beirut used to be divided into West and East where the Muslims and the Christians used to live. And it was really a, a devastating war. Mm. So then when I became a young adult, I really wanted to break out of all this kind of, of, of background. Uh, and I immigrated out of, out of Lebanon. So yeah. I went out of Lebanon. I was practically poor. I have practically less than $100 in my pocket, and I just wanted to do something about it. So it was really a very tough road, and then I got recruited into the corporate world. And like any other person, I was doing the rat race from paycheck to paycheck, and nothing was happening. You know, I was moving from a county to the other, you know, because I was getting promoted. And the more I got promoted, the more my income increased, and more, the more my expenses increased. I was always trapped. Mm -hmm. And, and not, not until I learned how to change my mindset and subscribe to a new set of, of empowering beliefs. Uh, and, and, uh, and this is how really it was like the, trans like the tipping point for me. What made mm -hmm. me shift to the other side of the table and change my whole uh, uh, reality about personal finance and money. Yeah, because I think it's such a common thing. I mean, there'll be so many people listening who are thinking exactly the same that, you know, they, they've moved them away, you know, through their career or they've started a business. And the thought of then, you know, with all the other uh, responsibilities and expenses they've got, then to be thinking about property. So biggest thing I guess everybody wants to know is like, when did you buy your first property? How did it come about? How did you, you know, make that first break? Yeah, so uh, uh, at that time when I, f when, when I purchased my first property, I was staged in the Philippines. I was based in the Philippines in East Asia. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I, I, I got to know a, a very famous a guru, a real estate guru. Uh, he was into properties all over the world with some factories in the Philippines because they used to export to the US all those garments and fabrics. So I was really knocking his door every week. I want to get coached by you. And he never gave me time. So I was persistent, insisted, consistent until one, one day he told me yes i'm gonna i'm gonna coach you but of course he put some conditions on me that uh, i need to follow his rules and i need to take action and uh, him, sometimes he might ask me some crazy stuff like i worked for him for six months in a like a property manager without getting paid and this was crazy and people wow. told me how can, how can you work for free but then after i finished my stint understood that he was coaching me by putting me on the job and and uh, let allow me give me the chance to learn things while doing them instead of only theory so and at that time so i uh, i took my first step i invested in a one bedroom apartment in manila in, in a business district there in makati in the philippines and uh, amazingly i got it with almost nothing from my own pocket 
less than 7% out of my own pocket because I knew how to negotiate for properties. Uh, okay. and, 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 and there is an art for that and science as well, you know. So, uh, and then I got started to get about 46, if I recall, return on investment. And slowly, slowly, I started to add my next property and the next, and then it became kind of a habit. Uh, you, you know, like you have a cookie cutter, you just keep on doing the same, the same stuff over and over. Uh, and uh, always you're gonna have some mistakes, but you perfect your way when, when uh, along, along the way, in a way. So in terms of your portfolio now, how many properties have you got? So uh, uh, I got like, I'm not like a guru with thousands of properties, <laughs> like what, what you hear about the US and stuff, no. Yeah. I, have less, I have less than 50, about 40 plus, but it's, <laughs> not about the, it's not about the number as much as it's about yeah. the value of them. Because exactly. in some countries, uh, like in Dubai, let's say, for a property, for a townhouse or for a villa, it costs a million dollars per villa, per one unit, you know? So, uh, whereas in some other parts of, of, the, of the world, it could be $100,000. So, uh, it's about, I think, the value of the portfolio. And, uh, and, and uh, most importantly, the way I see it is not about even how much you have as money in the bank, as much as it's important about your passive income. You, how wealthy are you? So, if you stop working today, for how many days can you live uh, throughout your life, in, in your life, you know? How yes, can your passive income feed you in a way, yeah. Hmm. So, and, and that's more important for me than the absolute number or the absolute figures. And what, what do you think's been, you know, the, the hardest time? I mean, <clears throat> you know, hear entrepreneur stories all the time. You hear about people's, you know, woes of background, but along the way of obviously your property um, journey, what's been the hardest thing? Have you had times where you've, you know, just so I, I have no, I don't wish to do this anymore, or you know, you, you've really worried about you know pressing forward. Of course, I actually I remember on my first deal, with all the coaching I've been, I've been going through, uh, I I really remember it was a rainy day in, in in the Philippines. I was going in the car and just to go to the to the public notary and sign all those papers uh to own the property and i was praying literally to just to have an accident so that i don't make it dead you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. then when i was when i was really signing on those papers my pen was shaking you know I, I, I was you know shy about it because i was signing on something that was worth much more than what i have because i told you i paid almost nothing from my pocket so i was taking yeah. leverage which is the bank loan yeah so i was yeah. taking a loan and I, I, in my bank account, I almost had zero. So, you know, it, it was much bigger yeah. than what I could afford, but I had to take this leap of faith because I knew that I was following the process. So, you know, what's your um, feelings around money? What's your attitude to money? You know, have you always, um, you know, since that property going forward had kind of the, you know, over the fear, what, what do you feel about money now? You know, I think money is an enabler. It's only an enabler. I think what people need to, to, to know or realize in their life, they need to may have a crystal clear clarity about what's their big why. What do they want out of life? And most often when, when people dig deeper and ask themselves a multiple layer of, of why's, it all boils down to family, to spirituality, to, to stress-free life, to, to happiness, to health. And what you realize that money is only an enabler for you to have more time, more choices, to do all that stuff that you want. And when you come to this peace of mind about money is not a number as much as it is an enabler to allow you to do all of that and also then to pay it forward and start helping people out, uh, your attitude change about it. And then you start to think about 
the more I can help people out in my businesses and my books and whatever I'm doing, the more money will follow me. So you should not chase yeah. money as much money should be chasing you because you have a mission, you have a vision. And, and this is re in reality, really, you will see that when you change this kind of thinking, money mm. will start to chase you and uh, uh, it will become much easier than when you thought about it earlier. And in, in terms of obviously um, the wealth side of things, I mean, you're very clear that, you know, it's not down to money. It's about all of the, the different facets that we want within our lives. I mean, I think some people will find it difficult, you know, when they're um, currently homeschooling kids and, you know, they're in lockdown to even think about um, taking something else on. And it almost feels like a, an overwhelm. What would be your advice? Like one thing that you could say to do today that could change their future in terms of the way that they're thinking about the money and, and the wealth? I think they, it's all about uh, self-education. So if, if that's something a person needs to achieve, they need to get educated about this thing. And now it's, it's, it's quite simple. Like example, watching a podcast like the one we're having now. Yeah. Uh, watching a YouTube channel, uh, reading books, online courses. So there are a lot of options out there. It's about picking this course or this uh, uh, training that really suits you and then uh, start educating yourself before making the move. Because people think always, I'm going to educate myself when I want to make it. No, you have to be ready before that. And then when you get educated, you start to see opportunities that you never saw before. Because now your mind is programmed in a different way. Uh, and people start to tell you, hey, you're lucky, but it's not, not about lucky because I was prepared and then I got opportunities. And uh, as yeah. you know, luck is when opportunities meet the preparedness. So you're prepared and you get the opportunities and you create your own luck in the whole process. So really educate yourself. It's all about education, education, education. And there are lots of options out there. So um, as you have just launched your new book, would you um, kindly share a little bit about, uh, yeah, or a section out of it, something, uh, a tip or something that would entice us, just a little snippet, nugget that we can we can have from yourself? Yeah, definitely. So the, the book basically speaks about how we all programmed about uh, a certain, you know, uh, it's like a written program that you go to school, you get high grades, uh, you graduate, you join the workforce, you get the... Uh, a high, high, high paying job, uh, you get a pension and life goes on beautiful. And then you, walk, you wake up one day in your mid forties, you're afraid of getting fired. And then some, <laughs> you see a lot of others getting fired and you say, oh shit, now it's too late for me. So, so the, the way it happens here, I take the, 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 the audience or the readers through a journey of what are those limiting beliefs? Mm -hmm. And then I, I invite them to, to, to a deep thought what's the really personal truth about each one as a personal truth about each of the limiting belief that we might have in our own mind and once you acknowledge that and you have peace with your own personal truth this is when you'll be able to transform this personal truth to an empowering belief and the whole journey becomes whatever used to be a limiting belief comes now your new empowering belief um, so the book covers like 11 of those main limiting beliefs uh, of course, there are much more, but in my experience, those 11 yeah. are, are the pillars, like if you really get them right, uh, you can, it, it will be easier for you to unfold any other limiting beliefs you might be having. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's such an interesting thought because when we think about the, the two types of mindset, it's so true. And we've all been in both probably at different times. And having a growth mindset, it, it almost changes uh, the day-to-day -to, -day to the excitement. 
because you've got this new focus and it's like a newfound um, opportunity. So I think it's true with everything. I mean, we're not saying, uh, you know, give your job up or do you do whatever. But, you know, for each person, it will be different, won't it, in terms of what their true wealth, you know, and their financial freedom is. So. Um, are you somebody um, sort of day to day that is, you know, working 10, 12 hours? What's your day to day sort of life like? By the way, that's an awesome question because always people think when you're financially free or financially dependent, you're lying in bed, you go on the beach and all this. I think it's all crap, it's all bullshit. It doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference is that before being financially dependent, I was I used to work for others. Mm-hmm. Now I work for my I, I I work for myself for my students for my audience, uh, and I fulfill my my mission in life, uh, which is adding value to people's lives. You know, so in a, in a, in my usual day, but now I have the option of want to stop working, want to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. I'm not limited to a certain time in the, in the office. So uh, my usual day is I wake up. I'm a, I'm a very early man by the way. I'm like uh, I wake up at 6 a.m. every day before everyone else. And this is where I focus. I do a lot of the things that need focus and meditate and, and you know, reflect, reflecting on things. And this goes about till about 10. Then I take a break where, where I spend time with my wife, with my family. Where now, you know, during the pandemic, sometimes no school. So it's an opportunity to, to have this family bonding moments. And it goes like that until early afternoon. Then at, at around two after lunch, this is where I take another, you know, uh, a couple of hours, like three to four hours, and I focus on the other things where I can write an article, I can uh, uh, reply to my students, because as I told you on the coaching programs, uh, I need to have my students on on their deals as well. So I read all those deals, all this, you know, it's like the operational stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then also on my properties portfolio, I have a tenant uh, that required maintenance here, some renewal there, a check bouncing there over there. And you need to manage all those kind of stuff, mm. which takes it takes like half an hour or 15 minutes every day. But you need to plug them in your schedule. Otherwise, you will get derailed and, uh, you know, you, you, you never do them. Yeah, it's interesting because you chunk your time. I'm a big advocate of chunking time and um, doing the specific things in a particular time, like even doing emails and calls and things like that. Um, I think when you open your day up to everything, you just become really very busy and it's very difficult to quantify what you've achieved. And I think sometimes just taking a step back and only allowing specific lengths of time to do jobs, you kind of get it done quicker, don't you? You know, it's a weird, weird thing. what do you see yeah. then, for, you know, the, the biggest challenge for, you know, 2021? I think people are in this, we don't really know where we're at, what's happening. And, you know, what do you think the biggest challenge for us will be over the next 12 months? I think I think what people perceive as a challenge nowadays, personally, and some people think I'm out of my mind, I think it's the biggest <laughs> opportunity in life. Yeah. And, and I, I'll, I'll explain why. So, So basically, if you think about it, the vaccine is coming in. And I don't want to go on the story about all the conspiracy theories about the vaccine. I think the herd, herd immunity is going to happen in the next few months, within 2021. Now, what happened in reality, because of all those, uh, the economic crisis that happened due to the pandemic, uh, prices of assets really dropped down. And mm-hmm. if, you th- if you think about property, property prices across the globe really plummeted it went down so now it's a golden opportunity in some countries the the the, the selling price is below cost can you imagine that below cost of construction below cost of land it's crazy 
So now if you think of it as an opportunity, this is when you start to scoop properties or you scoop any kind of asset you want. I don't want to invite everybody to be into properties, but if you think of it as an asset, it's below market price, it's below its value, it's time to scoop it uh, because this is when people make, make their fortune. I made my, uh, in 2008, is, is when I entered into real estate. It was the global financial crisis. Everybody thought I'm crazy. Everybody was going out, I was going in, and now it's the same thing. <laughs> I think it's an opportunity. Uh, if people know how to do it, uh and when to do it in the right way because a lot of people think oh i can do it by low balling the here and there but it's not like that there's a mm -hmm. process there is a way to analyze things uh, it's all based on numbers not on emotions you know uh, so mm -hmm. i think it's an opportunity not a challenge uh you you will decide if it's if, it's, if, if you think of it as a challenge you're gonna sit at home and cry i lost my job what can i do uh, and all this stuff or you can take it as an opportunity and you change your own reality it's a really interesting thought process, isn't it? Because there's a lot of people even today who will be going through a lot of hardship, you know, on the back of it from, you know, losing loved ones and things like that. And it is, it's changing that perception uh, and, and thought process, isn't it? And then thinking, well, what, what can I take from this? You know, it's a bit like the every, every cloud, I suppose, has a, a silver lining, but it, it's it's moving forward um, and not staying in that zone too long. It's difficult. I mean, exactly. It, if you um, obviously, you know, you've got 40 properties and things like that, you've got financial freedom, you know, obviously before probably what kept you up at night was probably more money motivated. What keeps you up at night now? What's your biggest worry? My biggest worry is uh, not being able to spend enough time with my family. Although I give them, I, if you compare me to me, me before when I used to have a job, I, I really had time before that to my family. Now mm -hmm. I have much more time, but still I have this kind of... Uh, a good feeling that I want to spend much more time with them. And I feel that I might be missing those bonding moments and those joyful moments. So, uh, and that's my, what my wife always tells me. So, okay, man, you've done it, you've there. So why are you still working? And always <laughs> it's, not, it's not about work as much as about adding value. And yes. Because it excites me, I'm, I'm able to help people out. If yeah. you imagine the number of emails and calls and whatever I receive, but people thanking me, you know, each one, each time I read an email, Sometimes with only two words, thank you, it gives me those, this, this, this pleasure, you know, that, wow, I was able to change somebody's life, yeah? So, yeah. Uh, and it's a passion, yeah. isn't it, you know? It is, it is, yeah. If you were to choose one thing then in your life that you, you, you would say that you are most proud of, what, what would be the, the, the thing that you would say? It's, I think uh, on the personal level, it's, uh, it's my family. Mm-hmm. Actually, my wife. I'm proud of the moment that I met my wife when I met my wife. And uh, at that time, I was really persistent, insistent, consistent. So she used to be in Lebanon. I used to be in the Philippines. Imagine I used to fly every three weeks, 17 hours flight just to see her for four days. Imagine, Gosh. you know. So, so every two months, I was doing the, the round of the world, if you, if you think of it in a math way. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I'm so proud that I, I, because I knew that she was the one and uh, I was really insistent that we, 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 I work on that relation in spite of all distance. And because of her, it gave me all the motivation to do whatever I've done in my life because I, I was poor. She, she came from a wealthy family, so the bar was high, and I wanted okay. to really <laughs> to, to raise my standards and do all this stuff so that uh, at one day uh, in, in, in time, her parents wouldn't think of me that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no one. 
So I wanted yeah. to prove that, and this was a big motivation. Uh, I'm very proud of her, of my son, Ryan. Uh, uh, I love him a lot. I love her a lot. And then, uh, of course, on the business side is my book publishing, because mm. with books, I can reach more people. Yeah. And the more people I reach, the more people I can, imp the more lives I can impact. And this mm -hmm. really gives me a lot of, as I told you, as, as a pleasure, because I'm, I'm able to add value to people's lives. So for my final question, because I'm sure people will be thinking about, you know, books, podcasts, things like that. How did you get your first book out? Did you go the normal publishing contract route? Did you self-publish? How did you get into it? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I never intended to be a, an author, by the way. So what happened when when the, the first time we knew that my wife was pregnant, we didn't know at that time even, even the gender, something inside of me pushed me to open my laptop and just write down all the lessons I went through in my life. So that mm. because I, I was in my early 40s at that time, uh, so and I thought maybe when my son or daughter will be 18 plus, maybe I'm not going to be there for them. So I want to write for them something that could be the lessons in life and how I was able to make it from an employee to financially independent. Then, you know, uh, I was writing on, my, on the laptop. One time my wife saw the script, the manuscript. I was opening the laptop. She got intrigued and uh, she called me. I was, uh, I was out of home. She told me, are you out of your mind? Are you still <laughs> What the hell, Joyce, what's happening? So she told me, you have a great something and why aren't you sharing it with the world? Daughter Joyce, I don't know how to do it. I'm not an author. It's just notes for our kid. You know, that's it. So she challenged me. And then I approached uh, uh, Penguin Random House and they have Partridge Publishing as part of the sister company. Mm -hmm. I send them uh, the manuscript out of, you know, just I want to, <laughs> uh, to, to let her off my back. Okay, I'm going to do it. And don't worry about it. I'm going to do it. So <laughs> I send her the manuscript without anything really on, on my mind. And I was surprised. I received a call from them. I was at that time in Dubai. Um, uh, I received the call. They told me, wow, we see this as the rich dad, poor dad for the 2020s. It's an mm. amazing book and we want to publish it. And I was surprised. And this is how it all started. Uh, I, I call myself and it's an incidental author, not really a planned author. But you know what? So many people are the same thing. I mean, um, I did my book back in 2019. Mine, I just put my proposal out to one publisher. So, you know, I was blooming lucky to, to get it. But mine sat in their spam folder for six months until they get back to me. So, yeah, I mean, if there was one lasting takeaway that um, our listeners um, and viewers um, can have, what would that be? One lasting takeaway that you would like them to, to remember? I think uh, we need to believe in ourselves. Mm. If, if we have a vision, if we know what, what's our big why, what drives us in our lives, believe in yourself, educate yourself, change your mindset from a limiting mindset to an empowering one, and just make it happen. Stop mm. doing what I call the captivity of passivity. And uh, sorry, I need, to, I need to throw it in as a word, uh, excuse. Uh, so I call it in our circle of friends, we call it uh, intellectual masturbation. So people think a lot and they never take action. They think mm -hmm. of that date, they never go on the date. They think mm -hmm. about money, they never take action to do the money. So stop mm -hmm. this I am and really start educating yourself and take action yeah. uh, and change your reality. See, I think the thought process of the why, um, I don't think for me that's ever changed. My, my, my why, I, I keep going through, what is my why? And it evolves. And I think it that evolves, is a yeah. thing, yeah. 
So each and every day, my why is slightly different because there's changing factors and environmental factors that come into it. And I think from lockdown, I think a lot of people have taken action and stepped forward, but a lot of people have come a little bit paralyzed by the overwhelm of it because the monotony of the day-to-day, -day, I think, has, has kind of got to people now. So if they can go and think about the why, how would they plot this out? Do you recommend them people writing it down, thinking about it? What's the best way just to take some headspace to do this? Yeah, so look, uh, I think they, they need to write it down and they need to, because when you think about your big why, the things you want in life, you start to categorize them. You, sign, you, you find a category about family, a category about wealth, uh, one about career, one about spirituality and helping your church, your community, uh, one about your success. And you start to categorize, you put them into categories. And then when you start to link them together, you'll be amazed that what comes on top will be your personal stuff, not the money. And then your money will become an enabler. And to help to do that, by the way, I would like to offer the audience a free book uh, that they can download. And the first chapter of this book is really, it takes them through the big why and the whole process. This book is, is, a, is a number one bestseller, by the way, but I'm giving it away for free now. It's called The Four Stages of Building Wealth. Mm. Uh, and, it, and it could be downloaded from uh, www.employeemillionaire.com forward slash the four stages. Perfect. Uh, we'll put this onto the, the link onto the podcast as well on dormagro.com. And uh, we'll put uh, when the videos go out, obviously, and the podcast, there'll be links in both. So, you know, make sure that if you want to get it, grab it now um, and get working on it and, and make a difference. Do something different today that makes you feel positive that you've taken a little bit of control. So um, if people want to go and find you, where can they find you on social media? So uh, on my social media, my handle is EJHamas, which is on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, on Facebook, it's called REI Cashflow, so Real Estate Investing for Cashflow, REI Cashflow. Okay. And uh, uh, on those, on my social media platforms, I really always uh, write articles, a lot of free stuff. Sometimes I throw in free books as well, free courses, because uh, it's just to keep the, 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 the momentum going and really trying to reach out as many people as possible and to really help them out perfect well you're a member of our group as well so if people want to come and chat to you and network and ask any questions um the you just need to go to facebook to dorma growers marketing motivation and mindset group and um you can come and join the party there so we have all of our podcast guests in there and also you can watch the replay there too so thank you so much for joining us what are you going to be doing for the rest of the day so now I'm gonna go out there, play with my son. You know, I, I need to I, I need to act like a small boy, like a four years old boy, <laughs> play with them with the toys and the Lego and building stuff. Just look. That sounds stuff, great. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> oh well, have a super super day, and thank you so much. And I cannot wait to get uh, my hands on the free copy myself. I'm gonna go and do some activities as well. So thank you and take care. And um, again, we will hopefully see you soon in the group. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and don't forget, I'm going to be with you each and every week. So download and listen on dormagrow.com or on iTunes and come and join us in our Facebook community too. All the details are on the website and I'll see you next week.